This morning we are continuing the study that Richard has been doing in Luke's gospel and looking at the birth narratives that are found in this opening section of Luke's gospel. And today we're going to look at a very beautiful section. In fact, it's, uh, it's filled with emotion. As we look at the story of Mary and how the angel came to Mary and her response to that when she broke out in this song, a song that glorified God. We call it the Magnificat. And today we're going to be looking at this passage, but I want to call your attention. Richard has already done this once that actually there are five pieces of poetic literature found in these opening narratives, five songs, if you will. The first one is the Song of Elizabeth, and you find that in chapter 1, verses 42 to 45, and we're going to uh, look at that briefly this morning. And then the Song of Mary, found in verses 46 to 55, the Magnificat. And then later on, the Song of Zechariah. After John the Baptist was born, Zechariah spoke out and he said, And you, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation. Now think about this. Remember, he had been silent for all of those years, all that time, until the birth of John the Baptist took place. And then he comes with this great prophecy about his son. And then, of course, in chapter 2, there's the song of the angels, glory to God in the highest. And then finally, the song of Simeon that's over in the second chapter as well in which this aged man who gets to see Christ when he's is brought to the temple and his heart is just filled with joy. He says, Sovereign Lord, you have promised now you can dismiss your servant in peace because my eyes have seen your salvation. So these beautiful songs. Last week, uh, Richard led us through the story of Zechariah. And if you remember that, Zechariah was the husband of of Elizabeth. Elizabeth was Mary's sister. And Elizabeth had been barren. Zechariah and Elizabeth were both older. And then Zechariah was given the opportunity of a lifetime. He had been chosen to actually burn the incense in the temple. And so he goes in the temple. He would have gone before the altar with the burning coals there and poured the incense on it. And the smoke would go up. The fragrance would go out. And the worshipers were all outside. They would be given a signal. And they would be there prostrate. In worship before the Lord. But something happened. When he was in the temple and and waiting to go to the altar, an angel appeared, the angel Gabriel. And the angel Gabriel came and told him that Elizabeth was going to conceive. And that this child that she would conceive would be very, very special because he was going to be the forerunner to the Messiah. But Zechariah doubted the message of the angel. And then it's amazing what the angel said to him. Zechariah said, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. And the angel answered and said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. Can you imagine that? There he was one second in the presence of God in the blink of an eye. There he is with Zechariah. And he said, I've been sent to give you this news. And because you didn't believe, you're not going to be able to speak until the events that we've talked about are going to come through. Well, that brings us then to this incredible story of Mary. 
And it picks up in verse 26. So this is God's word this morning. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26, and we'll read to verse 49. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled in his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was barren is now in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said will be accomplished. And then Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. This is God's word. Would you pray with me? And this morning, Lord, as we come to this amazing, touching story of Mary and Elizabeth. Lord, we pray that you would open our hearts and our eyes to see the majesty, the glory of the story of Christmas. In the most humble of circumstances that you came forth into human history in the person of your son, Jesus. And so this morning, open our eyes and ears, and we give you thanks as we make this prayer in Christ's name. Amen. When you really study all five of those songs that I mentioned a little bit earlier, they're really lessons in adoration and worship. There's so much we can learn about worship from those songs. And particularly as we look at this one of Mary's today, Let me go back briefly and remind you what happened. Gabriel was sent on another mission. 
He was sent to go to Mary. And we're told in the sixth month, God sent his angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And everything in that's important. First of all, she would be a virgin. That was important because that was part of the great promises of the coming of the Messiah, that he would be born of a virgin, pledged to be married. And to particularly to Joseph, who was a descendant of David. And so the angel came and, and gave that greeting. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, let me ask you this question. How would you feel if an angel came and said something like that to you? Well, needless to say, you see Mary's response. It says she was troubled at the words and wondered what kind of greeting this may be. Think about that. One of God's powerful angels, Gabriel, who had been sent from the very presence of God and had come to Mary. And I'm sure she is in absolute awe. And then the angel gave that message to her. Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus. And then listen to what's said of him. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will have no end. Here is this young mother-to-be, probably a teenager, and she sees, she hears this angel tell her, about the incredible gift of this son who would come to her, the most unique person who would ever live on the face of the earth. And Mary, unlike Zechariah, Zechariah doubted the angel's message. Mary didn't. Mary simply said, how can this be since I'm a virgin? Sincere question. And then the angel gave the explanation. Mary, this is not going to be any ordinary conception. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. You know what we say in the creeds, conceived by the Holy Spirit. Well, this is what it's talking about. The supernatural conception. Jesus would be totally unique, different from every other human being who would ever be born because of this supernatural conception. And then he goes on to say, and by the way, Your cousin Elizabeth is with child also. Now, she was older, had been barren all of those years. And then the angel says those wonderful words, for nothing is impossible with God. Here was a barren woman for all of those years, age, and she's going to conceive. Here was a virgin who was going to conceive nothing is impossible with God. Now, let me ask you this question this morning. Do you believe that? Nothing is impossible with him. If anything, the birth of John the Baptist and the birth of Jesus evidence that nothing is impossible with God. And then Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me, As you have said, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And then Mary couldn't wait because she's heard now about her cousin Elizabeth. And you can imagine here were these two women who had been close in family. And so Mary 
couldn't wait to hurry. And it says that she got ready and she hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah where Zechariah's house was. And then you remember the story there. She goes in and when she and when the baby in Elizabeth's womb hears Mary, he leap for joy. And then Elizabeth gives these wonderful words. She says, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said will be accomplished. Elizabeth understood that the baby leaped for joy because the Lord was present in the womb of Mary. And then she broke out in this glorious song in which she gives glory to the Lord for this blessedness that has come her way. I think when when she says, blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said will be accomplished, I wonder if she had her husband in mind, because he didn't believe. But Mary did believe. And then we get to Mary's song. The popular name of it is called the Magnificat, and it's taken from the first word in the Latin version, which is the word magnifies or magnificat. And I want to walk through this and then pull some things together at the end, because what I'm going to suggest to you, here's a lesson about authentic worship. All we have to do is look at Mary and begin to see in her how she turned to him and adored, came to that place of worship in her life. And so let me walk you through this. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. There was this deep movement within of her. Her soul, her spirit is deeply touched. And then she goes on and says, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Now, you've got to remember, she's married to the village carpenter. And in one sense, she is a nobody. And yet, look, she would be favored among all women. Goes on to say, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. And to this day, we call her blessed. And she says, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Think what he had done. He had lifted her up out of her humble state and bestowed on her the highest honor that was conceivable. He had performed a a miracle within her because nothing is impossible with God. And then she said, holy is his name. She knew the very nature. She knew who God was. And she goes on and says, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. She knew he was holy, but she also knew that he was merciful. And then she says, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm, pointing to the great works of providence, how God was at work through all of history. And she says, and he scattered those who were proud in their inmost being. Because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And he has brought down rulers from their throne, his sovereign rule over all of the nations. But he has lifted up the humble and he has filled the hungry with good things, but has 
sent the rich away. And then she ends, He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. Now let me try to pull together a few basic principles about worship taken from Mary. Mary knew how to worship. And as we look at this, first of all, we're talking about authentic worship. Authentic worship, first of all, begins deep within our souls. It's not rote. It's not out of tradition. It's not religion. It has to do with a soul connection. When we come into a worship service like this, our souls should be stirred. Our spirits should be brought to the place of rejoicing. It can't be a mundane thing or it's not authentic worship. When we come into the presence of God and have an encounter with the living God like this, a soul connection with God, deep down within us, I can remember when I first became a Christian and really experienced what worship was. Because I'd gone to church all my life and sat through services and tried to tolerate all the way through the end of the service, you know. But I remember when God got a hold of my life and I came into worship and there was something that happened deep down in my soul. I knew I'd been with God and all I could think about, my spirit rejoices when I'm in his presence. I hope this morning that's how you feel. That indeed we could join with her. My soul glorifies, magnifies you, God. And my spirit rejoices in you, my Savior. Authentic worship begins deep within our souls. Secondly, authentic worship involves humility. Mary said, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. There's a sense in which Mary knew her unworthiness. And you see, when we come into worship, we've got to come with that spirit, that broken and contrite spirit, because we're coming into the presence of the living God. And we have to see our own worthiness. We're not worthy to even be in his presence. But he makes a way for us to come. And to be able, as we come to worship, to be able to say, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. In fact, we have been told that we can come boldly because of Jesus Christ. Then thirdly, worship involves acknowledging all that God has done for us. It has to do with gratitude. Acknowledging all that he has done for us. Mary said, for the mighty one has done great things for me. And again, this morning, I wonder as we come into this season, as you look back over your life, can you see God's hand at work? Can you see all the wonderful things that he has done for you? And rejoice in what he has given us. And then fourthly, authentic worship involves acknowledging God's attributes. It was clear that Mary understood who God was. She calls him the mighty one, the, uh, the all-powerful one. 
She says, holy is his name. She knew his holiness. But then she also says, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. His power, his holiness, his mercy, his sovereignty. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. And then finally, his faithfulness. Remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, he is faithful to his covenant promises. You see, when we come to worship, we come in faith. We come understanding that it's deep within our beings, that we have an encounter with the living God. And it involves faith. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord had said will be accomplished. Come, let us adore him. Mary adored him. Her soul was deeply moved. And as we come to our last hymn this morning, is angels from the realms of glory. Come, let us adore him. It speaks of the angels from the realms of glory who came to adore him. Shepherds in the fields abiding who came to adore him. Sages who left their contemplations came to adore him. And saints who before the altar were bending come before him. Come and worship. Come and worship. Worship Christ, the newborn king. That is the core as we celebrate the incarnation. Our souls are brought into deep connection with the living God who has given us the greatest gift the world has ever known. Let's pray. This morning, Lord, we thank you for the privilege of worship. And I pray this morning that we would recognize that this is not something that we do just out of rote. But as Mary was so taken with you, her very soul was touched, her spirit was touched. And as we get into all of the busyness of this season over these next couple of weeks, God, don't let us lose sight of what we're really doing here. We're celebrating the greatest gift you've ever given. And so this morning, we come to adore you, Lord Jesus, to worship you. And we give you thanks now as we make this prayer in your name. Amen.